Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and this special episode is a continuation of our admissions director Q&A series. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Lisa Rios from the NYU Stern School of Business. Lisa's title is Assistant Dean, MBA Admissions, and as a member of the admissions team since 2008, she has evaluated nearly 50,000 full-time MBA applications and seen nearly 5,000 new full-time students start their MBA journey. Lisa has also coordinated the admissions team's systems and operations, customer service, event planning, recruiting, and marketing. And prior to Stern, Lisa worked in industry at J.P. Morgan Chase and over at Liz Claiborne. She earned her M.A. in higher ed administration at NYU Steinert and her B.S. in business administration from the University of Richmond. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Graham. What a, what a nice intro. I'm so excited to be here, and I appreciate you having me today. No, it's my pleasure. And as I was reading through all that, I was thinking about how it's so amazing that you've had this, not only have you seen a lot of candidates you know, go through this process, but you've sort of had your hands on different areas of the admissions office, which I think is great in terms of you know systems and operations, but also event planning, recruiting, marketing. So you've really done it all, which is cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a great way to really learn the business from the ground up. Yeah, makes sense. So tell me, while we're on that subject, just tell me a little bit about your background and like what, how did you end up at Stern in the first place? And, and feel free to describe some of those, you know, roles that you've held in admissions as you've moved your way up. Sure. So as you mentioned, I started in industry when I graduated from undergrad. I worked um, in corporate finance at Liz Claiborne for a couple of years and from there, I wanted to pivot into a space where I could influence the product and the results versus telling others what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pivoted to a sales role over at JP Morgan. Um, and from there, I realized uh, while I developed a lot of skills that are still useful in what I do today, um, I realized that I wanted to be in an organization that was very mission driven. So, like many of our incoming students, went through this self-reflection process to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and and landed on higher ed. So I enrolled in a program um, at NYU Steinhardt in higher ed administration, which frankly, uh, and maybe a little obnoxiously, um, I didn't realize was a career path when I was in college. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize all these people went into making my experience how wonderful as it was. Um, But part of the program's requirement was to have an internship to go hand in hand with the graduate program. Mm -hmm. So mine was with MBA admissions and um, they can't get rid of me because I love it so much. (laughs) Wow. So you literally, as you were a student getting your master's, they actually, and, and how common was it for people in that program to kind of be placed within the school? Was that sort of the design of it or did people go to other educational institutions? Um, Many were within NYU, but there were opportunities at other schools around the New York area too. Got it. Okay. So you land at Stern via the master's degree and tell me, I mean, tell me a little bit about what you like about this work and if you're willing, tell me something that you dislike too. (laughs) What I, what I like, um, I think two things have kept me here for so long, and it's been, what, like 14 years now? Mm -hmm. Hands down, it's the people. I love the people that I get to work with, and that includes the people on my team, um, the people across the administration, so other administrative roles like admissions, um, as well as the faculty, but maybe most importantly, the students. I love 
hearing people's stories and maybe maybe that's a requirement to work in admissions but Mm. getting to know the students and how much they've accomplished frankly makes me feel like I should be doing more with my life (laughs) but they're just so down to earth and and willing to engage and have conversations and and support one another and us Um, it's really invigorating to be around them I'll say the other thing that I love and that has kept me here so long is that my job is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, Stern is really a place that, and and this is led from the dean down, um, is a place that innovates and likes to try new things. And so I feel like we're always exploring and experimenting, which means that I'm constantly learning and developing myself, which keeps it exciting. Got it. And what's something that you don't like about the work? <laughs> Time. <laughs> Maybe... But that may be something that I don't like uh, just generally is that I don't have enough time to do all of the things that I want to do. It's one of those jobs where you could always be doing more. And so trying to figure out what are the must do's, what are the would like to do, and maybe the stuff that is kind of pie in the sky and maybe we'll get a chance to do further on down the line. But balancing time has always been a a challenge. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I will say, you know, you know, you and I are not doing the same thing in our, in terms of our careers, but at the same time, one of the things that I love about this and that I absolutely hear, you know, in your answer um, about what you love is, yeah, just being, being able to sort of hear about the experiences that people have who are making this journey towards an MBA. And we, the reason I mention that is because, you know, once a week we do a, a show where we kind of talk about real candidates and, and break down their, their profiles and talk about all the things they've done. And it's, it's just so humbling. And I, I could not agree more when you made that comment about wanting to feeling like you need to do more with your life when you start to hear about all the things people are doing. It's really impressive. Um, tell me what's something that's happening or maybe that's forthcoming on campus that you wish that more people knew about. And I guess this is particularly relevant now because we're, you know, we're getting into hopefully a a phase where there may be more, um, external people coming to campus and all that stuff. But is there anything happening that you want people to know about? So just to clarify, do you mean just generally at the school or stuff specific for prospective students? No, just generally, actually. Like, is there any, you know, any exciting new initiatives or, yeah, any, anything happening that you want to highlight? Yeah, so there's actually um, an opportunity for folks to develop their leadership skills through something called the Leadership Accelerator at Stern. Hmm. And that's kind of an umbrella term, but it's something that I am especially excited about because I am helping out with one of their initiatives called Leadership Fellows. And this program is giving a cohort of students the chance to really hone in on their leadership skills by putting them in experiences to navigate difficult conversations. So the kind of overall philosophy of the Leadership Accelerator is that the more iterations that we get of things, the more comfortable we are navigating them. So the more times we have to have a difficult conversation, the better we are at it. And so they're putting students into these situations by placing them in front of actors and helping them to get those iterations before they get out there into the quote-unquote real world to have to put them into practice, even with those consequences that are there, right? Mm -hmm. In business school, you're kind of in a safe space to explore and try and fail. Um, And so... The Leadership Accelerator is giving them that chance to do that, which is pretty cool. 
Wow. And is this something that is, it's just sort of available to current MBA students first year, second year, or is it sort of everyone can kind of take part in this when they're a student? So Leadership Fellows is open to current students um, for the full-time MBA program. They're in their second year. Mm -hmm. um, and then for um, the part-time MBA they might be at various stages throughout their experience. I love this idea. And I, I have to say, like, I instantly thought of, well, yeah, New York, there are a lot of actors roaming around. So you could have, you know, <laughs> pretty easy to get people to, um, but I agree. I mean, imagine, you know, even um, tasks like letting someone go um, from your organization or, um, you know, a tough negotiation or so being able to kind of role play those things. That's such a great idea. Um, Let's talk about speaking of New York and actors. I want you to, I want you to debunk an NYU stereotype for me. Um, so pick anything that you think people might often say when they think of Stern, and and help me to understand why maybe it's not true. I think one of the things that we hear commonly is is Stern a finance school? Mm -hmm. And while we certainly have an area of expertise in finance and and fintech, um, it's not the only thing that our students do, and it's not the only thing that we're good at. So our students go into a variety of areas. You know, some of the largest places that folks go into are tech and consulting, um, among a number of other areas. You know, we have a dual degree with the School of Medicine, and so healthcare is a, a big spot. We also have a dual degree with Tisch in, in film. Um, so we have a number of students that are going into entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so... It's not just about finance. While you will get those skills while you're here, um, there's so much more that Stern has to offer. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate you. That would that would probably would have been the one that I would think of that I, you know, when I'm trying to think of what prospective candidates often, you know, they come into the process with these stereotypes for every school. Yep. Um, so I appreciate you shedding light there. Uh, another thing that our listeners are always dying to know is what happens after they submit their application. And so I wondered if you could kind of walk us through the life of the application from the moment that the candidate, you know, hits submit until they get a decision. Because for, I think for candidates, they spend so much time working on this that there's this weird, you know, kind of <laughs> waiting period, which I know they expect, but they would love to, I think it'd just be really useful to go through, like, what are you all doing on your end as they're kind of awaiting that decision? Ah, uh, the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. So once somebody clicks submit, the application will go under review with the admissions committee. And it's typically reviewed by more than one person. Mm -hmm. You know, some applications are very clear cut and then others we have debates about. And it could be for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. But the way our process works is that we don't release all decisions on the same day like some other schools may. We do it on a rolling basis. Mm -hmm. So from the moment someone clicks submit, they could receive an interview to in, an invitation to interview at any point mm -hmm. um, from there on. Um, but we do promise them by a certain date that they're going to hear from us with an initial notification. Okay. And that could either be an invitation to interview, an offer to be on the wait list, or denial of admission at that point. If they're invited to interview, they would be given access to an interview portal where they can schedule essentially at their leisure. Right now, all of our interviews are virtual. Once upon a time, we had them in person on campus as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then after their interview, they usually hear their final decision within about three weeks from their interview date. And that could be anything from an offer of admission, denial of admission, or a place on the wait list. Okay. Unfortunately, the, play, the, the wait list can take a while to hear back from. 
Um, we don't use it, um, I would say liberally because we know that people on the wait list feel a little anxiety, right? Yeah. Um, it's not fun to be there. While it's a positive sign and we've seen strengths in your application, we do know that folks are eager for a decision too. So we really only put people on there that we we feel like have a strong chance of being admitted at some point. Got it. But generally, that's that's the process. And when you say, um, so you were mentioning, you know, people will have their file read more than once, mm -hmm. um, which I think is quite quite common. Um, and any sense of, and this may vary, but I, I just want our listeners to know that you know you all are putting in a lot of time on this, and and you know they, I think sometimes they worry that the reading process is like super fast or something. And so do you have a sense of like, it, with each read, is it, you know, what, at least 20 minutes or so that you're spending with the file to kind of reach the, the you know, kind of decision and then it gets moved on to another reader. So the, so people are getting a good, um, you know, <laughs> a good amount of your time is what, I guess where I'm going. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I would say it depends on the reader, um, you know, how seasoned they are. Some will take 20 minutes, some may take, 45 yeah um we read every piece of the application so from from start to finish we will evaluate the entire thing got it okay um moving on and this is obviously related i wondered if you had any advice about the essays just in general like a, a tip about approaching the essays like what would the advice be that you would give so I would say to answer the question being <laughs> asked and to view the essays as a continuation of the story. So if you're thinking about the application in its entirety as your story, use the essays as a way to continue that story in a seamless way um, versus thinking about them as separate, exclusive pieces of information. Okay. That's good advice. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, from what you've described in terms of your process, I mean, it sounds like the, the reader sits down and is going to go through, as you said, every piece of the application. And so it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, they can work together, these pieces. They don't have to be standalone items. And so I did, <laughs> I did want to segue and talk about one essay in particular. And I was very excited that you were going to come on the show because I love what I think is informally referred to as your... Um, pick six uh, essay question, the, <laughs> the personal expression. And so if you're willing, like, can you just walk us through, like, where did this question come from? And, you know, maybe describe what it is just so our listeners know, but also any thoughts you have in terms of like what works well or how someone might want to approach this one. Sure. I love our pick six. <laughs> and frankly, um, it's one of our favorite essays to read um, because it gives us insight into what's most important to this person mm -hmm. and what they want to showcase about themselves. So it's, it's an interesting way to see inside the candidate. Um, but essentially what it does is it asks folks to introduce themselves to their classmates using six images mm -hmm. and they can be photos. They could be clip art. They could be emojis. It could be graphics, it, kind of whatever they want to use. Um, and then they get to submit like a short, essentially one to two sentence caption with each photo explaining why they chose those. Okay. Um, the evolution of this came from, you know, we, we'd had a, a creative essay before this that was a little bit different. Um, this was just moving with the times, um, essentially. So everybody thinks a lot these days in terms of images and imagery just generally. 
And this was a way for students to be able to do the same with their application, to tell us their story in visuals. I would say a great way to approach this is to think about what's important to you, what hasn't come across yet in your application in another way, mm -hmm. and what do you want to showcase to us? Use things that feel more personal versus generic. Um, and by generic, I don't mean that you can't use, you know, clip art or some other, you know, standardized photos, but something that you have sincerely experienced and that is going to show us the true you. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, it must be a lot of fun to go through these because yeah, it gives people, what I love about it is to me, it seems like it gives people a chance to, like you said, really personalize their application and just share aspects of their background that may not be, you know, just their job or their undergraduate experience or something, right? So absolutely, um, yeah, it must be a lot of a lot of fun. Um, and I, yeah, I remember the earlier iterations of this where I think it was like use a page to kind of express yourself, or there was this um, I can't remember there, there was something. It's it's definitely evolved over the years, but it's still I feel like it has the same ethos of like this sort of um, freedom of expression, which is great, yes. and that's part of why I love MBA admissions because I think <laughs> you know Stern has this, and and there are some other schools that do things that are a bit. Um, creative like this too. And I just feel like it's it's a terrific way for candidates to express themselves. Um, tell me about the interview process because, you know, again, I know everything's kind of rolling and you're doing the interviews virtually right now. I guess presumably at some point they may go back to, you may go back to having some in-person um, opportunities, but just from a stance of like what you're looking to get out of the interview and how it sort of operates, anything you want to share there? Yeah. So the interview is really it's a two-way street, I'll say. So it's a great chance for us to get to know the candidates to help us understand if Stern is really the right place for them. But the same goes for them. Use this opportunity to get to know the school even better, um, to ask questions, and and to showcase uh, you know, why you really feel like the Stern MBA is right for you. Everyone who is interviewed is meeting with somebody who is part of the admissions committee who is trained and the admissions committee member who's interviewing you has read your application from cover to cover. So it's not a quote unquote blind interview where they only have your resume in front of them. It can be a really in-depth conversation and you get to add more than what's just in your application to your interviewer. So it's a great way for you to really sell yourself and, and get yourself out there um, so that we can make the best admission decision for you. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's great to know for candidates, I feel like it's really useful information to know, A, that the person they're interviewing with has read their file cover to cover and is ready to have a kind of next level discussion. Um, that, that's got to be a nice feeling for the candidate too, just to know that they're walking into a situation where the person's done their quote, done their homework, um, on, on the candidate. Mm -hmm. So that's terrific. And when you were doing these on campus before, was it also just admissions officers conducting them or have students ever been involved in the process? We don't have students involved in our process. Okay. Specifically because we want the experience to be consistent mm -hmm. from one to the next. Um, and we really want the candidates to feel comfortable that the students aren't necessarily 
kind of biased in their in their responses. Right. Um, and so that's why we have the admissions committee conducting them. Okay, that makes sense. Um, tell me, this is probably a, <laughs> a question that um, is going to be really easy for you to answer, but how does Stern take advantage of everything that NYU, the broader you know institution, has to offer? Um, and I know you kind of hinted at some of this stuff earlier when you were mentioning media and entertainment and the Tisch School and stuff, but what do you want to highlight there? Because I know that the school is, you know, obviously a part of this much broader university that has a lot to offer. So much to offer. And frankly, I don't know that our <laughs> students are even aware of half of the stuff that they can access <laughs> just because there is so much. Yeah. Um, so in addition to the dual degrees, students can take up to 25% of their classes outside of Stern at one of the other graduate schools. Wow. So if they're not really interested in getting a JD, they could take some law classes, right? And um, this is a way for folks to get a little bit more in-depth experience in another area that they could see their career leveraging. But again, they don't want to pursue a full degree, which is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. We also have a lot of kind of fun extracurricular things to take advantage of with NYU, whether it's through the theater on campus or some of the galleries um, or even the other student clubs that are around campus. Um, there's just so much that NYU is involved in in New York City that our students just have so much to take advantage of, which is really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think um, this this may be a little bit related because, you know, well, maybe it's more related to the fact of, you know, Stern's being located, you know, in such a great, uh, you know, metropolitan center. But I know that you have these custom one-year MBA offerings. There's one in tech, I think there's one in fashion and luxury. And I just wondered if you could give our listeners the basics on those offerings and like for whom they would be best suited. Because I hear candidates talking about these offerings and, you know, I, I just think that they're really on the radar now of, of the applicant pool. And so to the extent that you can speak about those, that would be great. That's so great to hear. I'm excited that folks are talking about them. So thanks for sharing that, Graham. <laughs> the the focused MBAs are exactly that. While, while some students are like, should I do this because it's one year and I can get it done quicker? We really encourage people to think about which program is right for them before applying because they are, while they are an MBA, they are very much focused in those particular areas. Um, and so upon graduation, they're going to be well suited to go into those industries. Mm -hmm. So the way that the curriculum is structured is that they have a core curriculum either in tech or fashion and luxury that includes MBA, general MBA classes, and then their electives are very much focused in those industries as well. Because it's only a one-year program, they're not getting that summer internship opportunity that the two-year program allows for. So they don't have this chance to explore another industry, another function that they may not have experienced before. This doesn't mean that people can't pivot with this MBA, it just means they don't have that internship. So in the program itself, we've incorporated these immersions that give them exposure to those industries that they can leverage in their job interviews, in their job search to get that post-MBA job. The other thing I'll share is that on the tech side, they while they don't require that you have coding or programming experience, it is something that we encourage folks to be interested in if they're pursuing that because there is some element of that in the program. Um, so they just need to be open, open to learning that. Okay.
that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, obviously in both instances, these immersions are probably made easier, you know, because of CERNs being located in New York City, where there's obviously a lot happening in both of those sectors. Absolutely. And then we also do travel for them as well. Oh, wow. Um, So they do have some components of New York City-based projects. And then usually during the month of January, they will travel. For fashion and luxury, they typically go to Milan. And for the tech program, they, they go to the West Coast. Okay. That all makes sense. So I, I did want to ask, you know, now you're talking about travel and immersions and things. I did want to ask you about COVID. And I, I feel like, you know, in many respects, COVID's become sort of endemic. And so I feel like, you know, we're all learning how to just navigate with it. But I wanted to ask you about, you know, what's the current status on like campus visits at Stern or, you know, just outsiders coming in? And yeah, how are things getting back to normal? Like where, where are we now at this phase? So we're slowly seeing uh, limitations being lifted. Right now, prospective students are not able to visit campus, Mm -hmm. but they are starting to open up the opportunity for admitted students. So we're hopeful in the coming months that we'll continue to see this unless, you know, something changes. Um, But we're going to keep our fingers crossed. And right now our team is starting to plot out what travel could look like for us mm-hmm. once they do lift those restrictions as well. So hopefully we'll be able to see folks around around the country pretty soon. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think um, this is what, you know, for those tuned in who've heard, you know, these discussions, not just with Lisa, but with other um, leading MBA programs, this has been kind of the word across the board that it's coming soon. (laughs) Um, And I I do hope that you're able to get, you know, prospective or admitted students rather onto campus for, you know, um, welcome events and things that that's always such a great experience for people as they're trying to determine, you know, where to go and all that stuff and to meet their future classmates. So um, that sounds like it's good, good news is, is coming on that front. And those welcome weekends are something that we really enjoy too. So fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I appreciate you sharing all these details about the process at Stern and, you know, the ins and outs on the admissions front. The next part of this interview, which will be pretty brief and hopefully painless, is I just want to ask you some what we call lightning round questions or our kind of real humans questions where we want to um, give our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit because, you know, our our view is that, you know, we, we don't want applicants to fear the admissions team. We want them to realize that, you know, you all are regular people. And so if you're willing, we'll just kind of dive into some of these fun questions. Okay. So can I clarify the rules? Am I allowed to elaborate or literally just one word answers? Oh, no, no. You can totally elaborate. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, All right. So here we go. So uh, the first question is coffee or tea? Absolutely coffee. Okay. Um, Beach or mountains? beach, although I was in the mountains this past weekend, generally <laughs> the beach. <laughs> I mean, you did say, before we came on air, you were talking about how you go, like to go, where did you say? Somewhere in the summers, which made me think that maybe you get some beach time, but now I'm not so sure. Didn't you say you go down south somewhere? Charleston, yep. Yeah, so um, that makes sense. And also, I guess you're not, I mean, one of the things about New York that's nice is you're really in the warm months, you can go off to Long Island and the Hamptons and all that stuff too. So you're not too far. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm more of a Jersey Shore girl, but yes. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that definitely plays to my Philly roots because that's what we, where we go, right? So, um, all right. So morning person or night owl? 
morning person for sure. Okay. With the help of coffee? <laughs> With the help of coffee. I also have little ones at home, so I don't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah. got. You know, I hear you there. Um, all right. So what about, what's a pet peeve you have? Just a general pet peeve. That's something that really bugs you. <laughs> oh, this is so weird, but my current pet peeve, and maybe this is like quasi suburban living is when people at the grocery store or Target or Walmart or something don't return their cart to the cart area and they leave it in the middle of the parking space. Yes. Yeah. I've never understood that, especially given they have all those little islands of carts where you're never too far from a place to put your car. Yeah. You know? It's like, um, anyway, okay. That's a good one. Uh, what about a guilty pleasure? Hmm. Kind of like young adult, young adult, fantasy novels like Harry Potter and the like. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just, um, my oldest is reading something I'd never heard of, which is something about Gregor and the under overlord or something. And I think it's written by the woman who wrote, who wrote the hunger Games series, but it's more of a fantasy thing and it's not quite as gory apparently, which is why I guess he was allowed to read it. But (laughs) yeah, it's, um, there's a lot in that domain. Like there's a ton of, of, um, literature there. So, um, probably a lot for you to, (laughs) to, to sink your teeth into. Um, what about a favorite virtue in others? Patience. Okay. It says the admissions officer. (laughs) So you have time. Right. So you guys, yeah, I I get that though. I feel like um, one of the problems that I think everyone faces now is this idea that when you go online and you um, go through most processes, like, you know, um, buying something at Amazon, you're literally given like, oh, your package is now in the hands of Steve at the warehouse. And then 15 minutes later, it's on the truck. And I think in MBA admissions, (laughs) like there's a whole process to reading files that is just not, you can't speed it up. And so I I hear you on that. what about a happy place? Where do you like to be? Snuggling my family anywhere they are. <laughs> um, how about a uh, comfort food? Ooh, um, I'll go with a chicken parm sub. Does that speak to the, the jersey in me? <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me because, you know, I don't know if you remember, I live in Paris um, and I'm originally from Philly and that's like one of my favorite sandwiches that does not exist in France. They don't, you know, apparently, and I actually, I don't know that I've seen it much in Italy either, to be honest. Like, I think it's like an American thing maybe. Totally. So, um, but yeah, someone needs to open like a chicken parm stand here or something. That would be. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's a business idea. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) But Graham, aren't you supposed to say like a Philly cheesesteak is what you're missing? You know, I like cheesesteaks, but, um, I think I prefer a chicken parm hoagie so i don't know that's yeah so oh, there's the philly in yeah, you hoagie uh, right versus sub. <laughs> um what about a a proudest moment for you this is a tough one yeah um i i think my proudest moments are with my kiddos um anytime they do something that makes them proud makes me proud yeah i hear you there too um <laughs> uh what about oh this is fun a superpower that you wish you had a turn back time. Not that I regret things, but just to turn back time so I have more time, which I guess goes back to what I talked about earlier. Yeah. Not having enough time to do things. That's good. You get extra points because so many people have just said like flying or being able to like transport somewhere immediately, which I get because everyone's traveling in admissions or at least historically that's been part of the job. Um, but I like this one. It's a little, it's creative. And <laughs> um, so. Well, we play this, we play this game a lot with my kids. Okay. And I'll tell you what I usually say with them. My superpower with them is usually that I can control the weather. Wow. And the elements. Okay. So 
that's that's usually what I go with there because okay. they steal the ones that are like flying right. the or big invisible. Ones, yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, there is a. I mean, isn't one of the X Men able to control the weather? I believe Storm can do that. So there you go. There is somebody out there. <laughs> um, all right. So which part of the admissions process would you most like to skip if you were applying to business school today? Writing the essays. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, mostly because I. I can I can write, but I it's not one of my favorite things to do. So okay, well it's funny because um, almost everyone says they don't want to take the standardized test. So I'm you get points. I think you might be the first person who said they didn't wouldn't really want to write the essays. <laughs> um, excellent. Uh, what's the best thing that you've read or watched or, or listened to recently? This isn't really a video, but I recently took a like a, an online class with Christina Tosi from Milk Bar, mm-hmm. and it was. It was videos, but it was interactive in that I was cooking or baking alongside her, um, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I, those are the lightning round questions. I appreciate you kind of humoring us. I know that our listeners get a kick out of this stuff, so appreciate you um, going through that. And, and obviously, all the great advice you've given about Stern today. Um, it's been a total pleasure to catch up with you and, and, and talk about this. We were um, talking before we came on air about how we hadn't seen each other in a really long time. Um, and I, you know, I'm hoping that this year some of the big industry conferences are back on and that we'll get to catch up in person. But I really appreciate you making time, Lisa. Yeah, absolutely, Graham. It was fun to catch up with you too. And and I know, I hope, I hope everything opens up and that we're able to see one another again um, because it's been way too long. But I appreciate having the chance to, to chat with you today and, and, and hope to see you soon. Yeah. So everyone stay tuned. We've got more episodes of the Clear Admit podcast forthcoming. Uh, please remember to rate and review the show wherever you listen.